statement of my age and any age. We are concerned about the health of our hearts, rightly so. Few of us here today know someone or don't know someone who's had heart surgery or is taking medication to avoid having heart surgery. The word heart can be found in the scriptures, and rightly so. And when it does, it seldom simply means this organ that is this muscle in our chest that, that pumps and pumps. It doesn't talk about what our doctor wants to check regularly with stress tests and EKG tests and blood work. The doctors make us run on that treadmill. Some of us have done that. And they want to know if there, there are blockages that could lead to, to a heart attack. They, they check for, for more than we even might know or realize. But in the scripture, heart refers to such things as, as personality, as intellect, as memory, emotions, desires, will. Actually, as you, you and I think about it, well, so do we. But we mean the word heart, don't we? For example, we might say, well, she's all heart, or he's all heart. Maybe we're being cynical when we say that. We're not simply suggesting that they're this one big organ. (laughs) It's much, much more. It means more than bodily function. And the scripture speaks to God having a heart. It does so in in Hosea chapter 11, one of the passages earlier that I read. Ezekiel prophesies this wonderful forward-looking truth, a new heart and a new spirit I'll give you. We're to receive a heart of flesh, taking away that heart of stone. What a change. We know best how much that's needed. So over these next four weeks or so, as we go through the month of February, we're going to be looking at the heart. Different passages, different scriptures, Old and New Testaments. Looking at the heart. Let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be holy, pleasing, and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus speaks about the seed of the gospel and it's this life-changing ability falling on fertile ground. And of a noble and good heart with resulting fruit and life change. We, we spent some time talking about abiding and bearing, bearing fruit. Well, we want to ask, what kind of heart is, is that heart of flesh that Ezekiel promised that, that, that God would be giving us? What kind of heart is, is the pure of heart that Jesus talks about, that, that he talks about in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount? And we we need to take a look, I think, I need to take a look at my own heart and test it. 
not a stress test. Maybe some of us need to do that too. You know, when doctors do, do the heart checks on this, this muscle, we, we know that, that it, they may not be 100% accurate. I think the older we get, the more we realize that medicine, in fact, is an art, <laughs> as well as a science. What procedure do we use to, to check on the heart is, is, is not measurable by, by seeing blockages, although one could say that, that, that sin causes enough of these, right? Blockages. So what procedure or means could we use to measure the condition of our heart? Not as a muscle pumping organ, but our heart. How do we measure that? Well, today, I, I want to do something a little bit differently than, than what we normally do. Certainly a departure from what I normally do. So it might seem a little awkward. It's okay. But hopefully it's helpful. As a pastor should be prone to do, I want to ask us a question. And hear loudly and clearly that I am always preaching to myself. And if any of y'all need to listen, that's fine. So how's your heart? How's your heart? Nancy Beach, a longtime advocate for arts and worship and in the church, longtime program director at Willow Creek in Chicago, someone I've had the privilege of listening to her teaching from time to time over the years writes in an article and, and, and suggests five areas that I am totally stealing today, unapologetically from her. Five areas of, of checking our heart's functioning. This is certainly not exhaustive or, or definitive, and it may not even the be, be the best list. But I suggest that, th that this is really a helpful way of looking as we look at Scripture and as we look at our own lives and look at our own hearts. Five key indicators that help us see the health of our heart, of our very soul, of our spiritual condition. So here they are. Straight from Nancy. Five areas. Emotions. Moments, fun, people, and whispers. Emotions, moments, fun, people, and whispers. So we want to take a little time today as we look at, look at this scripture and, and as we expand and sort of give some, some possible key questions because what I want us to do collectively, don't cheat, don't look on someone else's paper, no one's going to grade it except for you. We're going to take a heart exam today. Emotions. A healthy heart experiences emotions. A healthy person cries and laughs, sometime at the same time. Cry laughing? It's a spiritual gift. You see, a healthy heart is touched by joy. It's touched by pain. It's touched by anger, gratitude, love, 
So having said that, I ask you to ask yourselves as I ask myself, have I cried about anything lately? I mean cry. I'm not talking about like Super Bowl national anthem cry. That is totally legal and it doesn't count, guys. It's not one of your five a year. You can cry anytime the national anthem is played. I'm not talking about a Hallmark movie. Doesn't count. That's just low-hanging fruit. You're going to cry at that. I hope I laugh and I cry tonight watching the Super Bowl. Not the game. Who cares? Sorry, Jim. The commercials. You see, a healthy heart, so excuse me, so have I cried lately? Have I really laughed? I mean gut-busting laugh that often leads to crying. Tears of joy. You see, a healthy heart is touched by the pain of others as well as personal pain. A healthy heart experiences emotional change when it's happening. Now, some of us guys, I, I don't know what I'm thinking until three days later when my wife tells me what I was thinking. Fact, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. It takes me that long to process a conversation. But a healthy heart experiences emotion in the moment. Doesn't need time to think. It's suggested that Elijah's heart, when he was running from Jezebel, was not at, not at all healthy anymore. Scripture tells us this. After all, he, he wished to die and then f- and fell asleep. It's more of, of a state of numbness, incapable of feeling anything. So truly a heart that has some major blockage, waiting for, you know, a total seizure here. Hmm. So think about it. How, how would we rate our capacity to feel deep emotion? Rating it from a high five to a medium three to a low one. Rate it. If you don't remember this or have anything to write with, you can go to Spotify now. This is how tech we are. You can go to Spotify and you can go to our podcast, Banner on Christian Fellowship, and you can listen to this sermon again and do it yourself at home. Think about it. How would you rate your heart emotionally? Five, three, one, or anything in between. Two moments. Arthur Frederick uh, Buchner advises us, listen to your life. All moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. How often we, we fail to seize the moments that God provides. How often I fail to seize moments that I know in my heart are God provided. Uh, we fail to seize that the, the day is given. We wait instead for what hasn't come. You see, I spend so much time living in one of a couple places. I live in the past in both the failures and successes. Or I live in the future, which I have absolutely zero control over. And I miss the only thing that matters really, and that's the moment, the present. And what God has provided right then, right now. We're not in the present. Instead, we dwell on the past the future. Missing out. 
So when our hearts are working right, when we do what we are intended to do, what God has created us to be and intended us to do, we are able to look each other in the eye and, and relish the moment. Relish the moment. Then we're not in such destructive hurry to move on. I'm not in such destructive hurry to move on to the next thing on my list. I always have a list. It's not written out, but I have one. You see, when I'm in the moment, I can actually listen to my children. Not hear them, but listen to them. I hear them all the time. It's thin walls. I can listen to my friends. I can be engaged with my friends, to my, our spouses, to our parents. We savor the present. We see the shine in our kids' eyes when they tell us something exciting. Show us something new. Share what's happening. We do so without trying to to be somewhere else when we're healthy in the moment. A healthy heart savors the present and doesn't skim through it. It's mindful of what is happening and relishing it for what it is. So with this in mind, be bold. Ask your children, ask your friends, ask your spouses, are you all there for them? Now, in the moment, how would you rate your moment mindfulness from a five to a one? High, medium, low. Now, this next one was really convicting. It shouldn't be, but boy. Fun. Fun. Don't we know so many Christians that are so serious? I mean all the time serious. There's nothing wrong with being serious. If you're a serious person, don't be, no, you be serious. We need you to seriously be serious. But we really need you to have some fun. Because I need to have some fun. Because we have a God that is a God of fun. He created it. He made it. He owns the market on it. Life can be so overwhelming. So much can be demanding of our time. Needs pile up and they just keep piling, you know, more and more. We get worn out and all too serious with life. Again, a healthy heart has a capacity as well as the need to laugh and the need to be in the moment, the need to cry. We need to relax. We need to go skiing with our friend who just retired. We need to have fun. John 10.10 tells us that rather clearly, I think. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly, abundantly, to the full. Either way we translate it, it means to live life as God intended us to do. When we can no longer play, when I can no longer laugh or simply let go, then I am asking for heart failure. I am taking on things that I am not meant to take on. 
I'm due for a collapse. Some might call it burnout. We can call it fatigue. Or my new favorite word that I'm learning in the medical world, malaise. It sounds like it should be a color, doesn't it? Or like a topping on a dessert. Sprinkle some malaise on that. It's not good. If you're wondering, if you don't know what malaise means, it ain't good. It's a general feeling of when you don't know how to describe your symptoms to the doctor, but you feel like, well, you know, you feel like that. It's a general set of malaise. Whatever we call it, it is devastatingly destructive. So do we set aside some time for play, for sports, for reading, or something that's a change from our routine, going for a drive, whatever? So think about it. Be bold, you serious people, and rate your fun factor. Five, three, or one. Four. People. How are you seeing people? How do I, how do we see people? When Jesus saw crowds, he would have compassion on them. He, he was grieved to tears with the death of his friend Lazarus. He looked at death's pain and destruction and he felt it. So how do we look at people? Do we find people and their problems overwhelming? Again, I'm taking on things that aren't mine to take on. Do we resent phone calls asking for help? Are we dodging all requests for help? Do I, do I purposely not go in that line, at food line, and go in this one? Because, well, I don't know what's going to happen and go in this one. You see, a healthy heart is empathetic. It listens to the hurts of others. It, it's willing to take some time to walk a mile with someone who is hurting, listening and learning that life can be overwhelming because it's difficult for all of us. Now, that doesn't mean to live a life without boundaries. That, again, is not healthy. That would be destructive. But after all, when, when all is said and, and all is done, by what standard are we judged according to scriptures? The greatest of these is love. We are judged with God's standard. And we know that we don't love in anything and of ourselves. We love only because of him. He loved us. He loved first. So have we loved people? Have we been moved by someone else's lostness? Or do we just write them off? Measure ourselves once again. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> How loving have you been lately? What you did last year doesn't count. It's 2020. Flip the calendar. Where do we fit? Five, three, one. Where would your friend put you? <coughs> 
Now, this last one is a little more subtle. It's in the name. Whispers. Whispers. So recall again that Elijah heard God where? In the still, small voice. Does God have to get a megaphone to get my attention? (laughs) You see, God speaks in a variety of ways, to be fair. But are we listening? Is my prayer life just bombarding God with all my stuff? Or am I actually quiet and still and listening for a response? A long time ago when my daughter was very, very, very young, and I'm sorry, Annie, I'm busting you. She was praying. And we went in and, or Amy went in and was was praying, and then Annie told her to be quiet. I'm listening to God. So you may have to take up a foreign language to hear from God. If English isn't working for you, Rosetta Stone, learn another one. God speaks in a variety of ways. He is with us. And we claim that promise that Jesus made us as he, when he gave us the great commission. So we hear him speak to us everywhere, always. A healthy heart hears him speak. Sometimes he he does so at the most awkward of times. Sometimes he does so in in what we would think are the most unusual of ways. Not ways we would do it. Reverend Art Skolveld wrote in February of 2000, excuse me, February 7th of 2001. Wrote this little piece, Holy Ground. and, and, And this is what he said. He said, God has a way of coming into our lives when we least expect him. The Lord sometimes turns the most ordinary places in our lives into holy ground. A simple church service can become holy ground. A time of prayer around a sick bed can become that special place where God wants to meet us. We need to ask God's Holy Spirit to help us recognize God's holy ground. It's more than just a song. You see, God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. The healthy heart is listening for his voice wherever it is heard. We may have missed a lot of messages because I'm not tuned in. I may have missed a lot because I'm not tuned in. So are we attentive to his promptings? You see, God is speaking. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We might as well could have sung, open the ears of my heart, Lord. I want to hear you. So rate ourselves on listening to the whispers as well as the shouts. Is it high, medium, or low? Because you see, remember, God is in the business of healing hearts. It is what he does. He's in the business of transforming them. He does a heart transplant. 
He tells us, I will give you a new heart. And he does it. There's not a waiting list. Someone has died to make it possible. And his name is Jesus. So the question comes our way. Who, who is responsible to make sure that we have a healthy heart? The answer is obvious. We are. God puts a new heart in us. It, it, is, it is our responsibility to take care of that heart. I'm not saying we have to work. I'm saying we have to be healthy. And then he provides another like him, the advocate, the Holy Spirit to speak life into my heart. Because he knew that even that healthiness on my own, I can't sustain. So he provides me with a new heart, and then he provides me with a way to keep it healthy. So I have to look at my life and, and, and make sure that, that you know, if I, if I want to take care of myself, I have to make sure that I'm doing some things I know, I, I know that I need to do. I don't, but I know that I need to. I need to exercise, right? I need to eat well. I need to go to bed early. I need to not binge on some show at Netflix at 2 in the morning. I, I know these things. But I think there's some practices that we know that we know when it comes to keeping our heart healthy with the Lord. Reading his word. Spending time with him alone in prayer. Spending time together in corporate worship. Hearing the encouragement from others and what the Lord is doing in their life as, as I also encourage them by what he's doing in mine. Slowing down. Being present. Seeking out what God wants. God is a huge, magnificently big God. But his heart is broken and softened for us right where we are. He's interested in our life because he knows it and he's created it and he has created and placed in you this new heart for him. The healthy heart test. Emotions, moments, fun, people, and whispers. I pray that this jumpstarts our month as we dive in and look at God's word and we look at this condition of the heart. Amen.